Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, I use they, them pronouns. And October and Halloween might be behind us, but I hear we're still a little spooky this week. Well, we will be delving into the world of true crime and an unsolved mystery from the 1930s. Ah, yes, because... Everyone knows that October is all about being spooky, and November is all about true crime. That's the traditional way the months are divvied up. (laughs) Well, true crime is full of very interesting stories, and, um, gotta have something to do during the dark, cold months of winter if you live in a place like we do. Yeah, I wrap myself up in a blanket like a burrito. No, we wouldn't inflict that pain on anyone! (laughs) (laughs) Did you catch that? <laughs> I heard it muffled, which is a testament to how loud he was. <laughs> he was asking if we were going to reboot the painted door. Hang on, I'm adding that to my list. <laughs> no! Oh, no! It's the painted door lamp at noon cinematic universe! Oh... Hey, remember that one time we were planning on going to, like, Sinclair Ross's grave over an Indian head and just, like, letting loose all of our high school pain? Yeah. You still might have to do that. So, anyway, Tanner and I live in a frozen hellscape, rather similar to Siberia, in my opinion. Yeah, the snow just started coming down yesterday, I want to say? I want to say, like, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I remember that now, yep. Yep. And... Oh boy. You'd think that people living here would understand the concept of a prayer winter and actually get their tires changed. I got mine changed at the beginning of October. Yeah, no. A lot of people think that they can just like power through it or they've got the fucking all year, all season tires, which only work if you live in somewhere mild. Nah, it's Fast and Furious 9, Saskatchewan Drift, baby. (sighs) There are days when I, like, kind of wish that we didn't leave BC because that's nice weather out there. Yeah, it rains all the time, but it's generally speaking nice. We just live under the shadow of the earthquake that shall not be named. (laughs) Anyway, so we're going to talk about a case that is very near and dear to my heart, something that got me into true crime way way back in high school, actually. Crazy ass story I first heard from the um, amazingly awesome site. I don't know if, if it's still up. It's called Badass of the Week. I'm sure it's still up. I'm sure the only reason it would have come down is if they ran out of badasses. Which is really hard to do. So anyway, we're going to be talking about the Mad Trapper of Rat River, who went by the name of Albert Johnson. He was an infamous fugitive whose actions stemming from a trapping dispute eventually sparked off a huge manhunt in the Northwest Territories and Yukon of Northern Canada. The event became a media circus as Johnson eluded the RCMP team sent to take him into custody, which ended after a 150-mile or 240-kilometer foot chase, lasting more than a month and a shootout in which Johnson was fatally wounded at Eagle River in the Yukon. Albert Johnson is suspected to have been a pseudonym and his true identity remains unknown. A foot chase? Yeah. Dang. 240 kilometers in um, Arctic Canada in the winter. That's too many kilometers. Yeah. (laughs) He climbed over a mountain at one point just to go fuck you. (laughs) 
oh my god, what if Wolverine was somewhat inspired, like psychically inspired by this guy? What if he was this guy? <laughs> yeah, I'd believe it. A really obscure part of Logan's backstory. Yep. Like, he's been alive for 140 years now? He probably did some stuff. So, anyway, the backstory. So, on July 9th, 1931, a guy by the name of Albert Johnson arrives in the town of of Fort McPherson um, after coming down the Peel River. Fort McPherson is way up in the Northwest Territories. Um, Like, not that far from the Arctic Ocean. There is a picture. There is... No trees. All right, then. Yeah. Um, you know you're far north when there is no trees. But what about all the Christmas trees from Santa Claus and North Pole? Never mind. That's, that's not a joke. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Santa Claus lives in Finland. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, he was stopped and questioned by one of the RCMP constables there, a guy by the name of Edgar Millen. Um, but Johnson didn't provide a whole lot of information. Um, Millen detected a Scandinavian accent and noted that Johnson generally kept himself clean shaven and seemed to have plenty of money for supplies. And the reason why Millen stopped um, Johnson to question him was because a lot of guys were coming up north um, to escape basically having no money down south because of the Great Depression. Yay! Ah, it's my favorite depression. Yeah, so um, a lot of guys were going up north because there's still gold in them dar hills, and uh, they were going to try their luck with that. Uh, some did strike it rich. Others, no, no. The vast majority of others just, like, yeah. It's the and... world's worst game of lottery. Yeah. Because if you lose, there's a good chance you got eaten by a bear. Yeah. And the whole thing was like, hey, this is Arctic Canada. It's stupidly harsh. Like, one wrong step and you're dead. Yep. So anyway, Edgar Millen let the let this Albert Johnson guy go, and then he ventured further away to the delta of the Mackenzie River on a native-built raft, and then he built himself a 8 by 10 foot cabin on the banks of the Rat River. And he started trapping without getting a license. Now, um, fur trapping is sort of like your main source of income and food. When you're that far north. Naturally. Because there isn't a lot of like plant stuff to eat. Um, it's a big thing in Canadian politics, actually. Every once in a while you read a whole article about how in a Callowit, um, lettuce costs about $14 a head. Yeah. It's bad. <sighs> and then global warming is making hunting harder. Yeah. Yeah, so... Anyway, you're supposed to get a trapping license, and he didn't. Maybe it was just an, oh, I'll get it at some other time. I, I need to start doing this now, because he came up in July, and there's only, like, a couple months left before it gets dark. Did I mention that this was so far north that uh, this is the land of the midnight sun? Ooh, sweet. 30 days of night. Yay! Anyway, he started pissing off the local natives, mostly because the traditional trapping areas were becoming basically infested by white guys trying to get away from the Great Depression and, like, taking their stuff. Then their trap lines start getting cut and at least the locals are like, oh, what's been the most recent change in the area? This weird Scandinavian guy. Oh, he's Scandinavian. Yeah, the weird Scandinavian. So then wouldn't his name be, like, Albert Johnson? 
Well, he went by Albert Johnson, and most people think it's a pseudonym. Or it could have been an anglicized version of an Albert Johnson. Oh yeah, I guess that would be how it's pronounced. We can hear all the umlauts in your name. Yeah. We we know where you're from. <laughs> Yalbert. So, anyway, we are now in December. It is dark, and it is cold. When I say dark, I mean, like, the sun isn't coming up. So, one of the native trappers complains to the local RCMP detachment in this other town called Aklavik, which means in Inuvia Luktuk as barren ground, grizzly place. In Inuvia Luktun? Yes. Okay. So that's totally not ominous. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing here but us bears. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then what about the people who named this place? Like, no, they're also bears. We're actually just bears in very convincing disguises. (laughs) Yeah, so... Motto, never say die. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, given its location, where there's a whole lot of nothing, like, yeah, you better not start saying die. Don't need to hear that. Christ, they're actually not that far from where the frickin' Terror and Erebus were found. So anyway, at this RCMP detachment in Aklavek, the local native trappers complained to the RCMP that someone was trapping with the straps, tripping them, and hanging them on the trees. The person that the native trappers identified was Albert Johnson, because as I said, he was the only recent thing that had actually changed in the past while, and hmm. this had just started. So on December 26th, Constable Alfred King and Special Constable Joe Bernard uh, each of whom had considerable northern experience, trekked about 60 miles or 97 kilometers to Johnson's cabin to ask him about the allegations. Yeah, people got to schlep real hard. <laughs> I want to know how our how our listeners in Europe who live in like one of those tiny little countries feel about these numbers. So anyway, they traveled to his cabin to question him about the allegations. They see smoke, confirming that Johnson's there. They approach the hut to try and talk to him and Johnson refused to talk to them seeming not to even notice them he just like completely ignores them hmm. then King looks into the window of the cabin at what at which point Johnson places a sack across it the two constables eventually decide to return to Akivalak and get a search warrant King and Bernard return five days later with two other men Johnson again refuses to talk and eventually King decides to enforce the warrant and force the door as soon as he began Johnson shot him through the wooden door (laughs) yeah there was a brief firefight and the team managed to return the wounded King to Akivalak where he eventually recovered so now they got a form of posse they get nine men 42 dogs and 20 pounds of dynamite or 9.1 kilograms. Why um, the dynamite? You're dealing with permafrost. <laughs> but why it, do you need the dynamite? <laughs> because there's no kill like overkill, okay? I don't care if it turned out to be useful at the end. They didn't know what they're going to be walking in through. I don't know what they're going to be walking in through. There's got to be someone there who said, Hey, why do we need dynamite? Surely we could use this. Because for- why not? We got it here. <laughs> That ground is like rock, so and what if we need to dig something? Then you save her when you actually need to dig something. Surely <laughs> someone should have said, hey, maybe we should save the dynamite in case we need to, like, fix something in the town or dig a latrine. Or maybe that's 
Maybe that's why they took the dynamite, in case they needed a ditch to put their stuff. In which case, that's hilarious on its own, because, ah, uh, gotta dig a latrine, okay. Fire in the hole. Boom! <laughs> Talk about explosive diarrhea. Anyways. So anyway, they surround the cabin, they thaw the dynamite inside the coats, because of course... Um, See, even the dynamite's frozen. <laughs> they eventually build a single charge and toss it into the cabin. It, after the explosion, collapses the cabin. The men try to rush in, basically thinking that, oh yeah, dynamite is a perfect flashbang. Guess what happens? Johnson fucking fires at them from a five-foot dugout beneath the ruins of his cabin. <laughs> <laughs> no one was hit. And they had a 15-hour standoff ending at 4 a.m. in minus 40 weather. So to all of our American listeners, minus 40 degrees Celsius is uh, is the same as minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's like one of the few times our systems match up. Fahrenheit has negatives? Yeah. Oh, dang. Fahrenheit is used to measure, I think, like skin temperature. Okay. Yeah, and Celsius was meant to measure water temperature. Yes. Yeah, so fun science fact! (laughs) Other fun Um, science fact, these days it usually gets to minus 30, like, in the winter. Yep. Sometimes colder. We had a few days not that long ago that were, like, where we were colder than the surface of Mars. Yeah, and that's without wind chill. Yeah. (laughs) So... Anyway, there's a blizzard. They got to go back. Um, After being delayed, a reinforced posse that returns on January 14th, Johnson's left, and they struck out after him. And eventually they caught up to him on January 30th, surrounding him in a thicket. In the ensuing firefight, Johnson shot the guy who first identified him, Constable Edgar Millen, through the heart and killed him. So pour one out for poor Millen. Uh, He later had a tributary of the Rat River named after him. And once again, the RCMP fell into retreat. The posse continued to grow, enlisting local Inuvialuit and Gwenich people uh, who were better able to move in the backcountry. Johnson clearly decided to leave for the Yukon. They managed to find his tracks, and he was distinctively moving west. So... The RCMP blocked the only two passes over the Richardson Mountains, which were the closest mountain range that acted as a border between uh, Yukon and the Northwest Territory. So this is where he climbs the mountain. (laughs) So the RCMP have these two passes blocked off. Johnson climbs a 7,000 foot or 2,100 meter peak and disappears again. Why? Because fuck you, that's why. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because he just went up there with his wolverine claws. <laughs> like, I, I heard tales of uh, wolverines just summiting mountains in like, Glacier National Park out of sheer spite. Like, I think this one wolverine did it in about 90 minutes in the middle of winter. Buddy, why are you like this? Because fuck you, that's why. (laughs) Okay, continue. This is giving me anxiety. (laughs) So, in desperation, the RCMP 
hire an aviator by the name of Wilfred May, OBE and DFC, born March 20th of 1896, died June 21st of 1952, was a Canadian flying ace of the First World War and a leading post-war aviator. He was the final Allied pilot to be pursued by Manfred von Richthofen, the Red Baron of Germany, before the German ace was shot down on the Western Front in 1918. After the war, he returned to Canada, pioneering the role of the Bush pilot while working for Canadian Airways in northern Alberta and the Northwest Territories. He also helped set up an aerial post system because, uh, yeah, the post has to be delivered at his federal law. So yeah, me is actually fucking cool. Nice. So, the RCMP get him to help out by scouting the area from the air. He arrived in the new ski-equipped Blanca monoplane on February 5th. As he was flying around, May discovered that Johnson had crossed the Richardson Mountains when the airplane saw his tracks on the far side of the range. On February 14th, he discovers the tactic that Johnson had been using to elude his followers. He noticed a set of footprints leading off of the center of the frozen surface of the Eagle River to the bank. Johnson had been following caribou tracks that were going down the middle of of the frozen river where they walked in order to give them better visibility of approaching predators. That way, he didn't have to use snowshoes. If you've ever walked around in snowshoes, they are fucking cumbersome. Like, yeah, you're kept on the surface of the snow, but they are still annoying to navigate with. You go very slow. So, while walking in their track, walking in their tracks had hidden uh, Johnson's footprints and allowed him to travel quickly, and basically he had left the trail only at night to make camp on the riverbank, um, which is the track May had spotted. May radioed back his findings to the RCMP, who gave chase up the river, and eventually being directed to Johnson on February 17th. So, the pursuit team had now caught up to Albert Johnson, who had rounded a bend in the river. They had found him only a few hundred yards ahead, standing in front of them. Johnson attempted to run for the bank, but he did not have his snowshoes on and could not make it. A firefight broke out, in which one of the RCMP officers was seriously wounded, and Johnson was killed after being shot in the left side of his pelvis at an acute angle. So, then Albert Johnson died, and the RCMP realized that he had traveled over... 137 kilometers or 85 miles away from his cabin in 33 days, burning approximately 42 megajoules or 10,000 calories a day in the cold of winter in a hostile terrain. Dang. Yeah, that's a lot. So 75 years later in 2007, a forensics team found that his tailbone was not actually symmetrical, causing his spine to curve left and right slightly. In addition, one foot was longer than the other, so this motherfucker should not have been able to do this. (laughs) Well, well, that's his climbing foot, you see. (laughs) I know. This is crazy. This is crazy. Like, the guy had, like... Two squirrels on him for food. They're high in protein. I don't know. This, oh my god, wow. So, the RCMP drag his body back to, like, the nearest town to do the autopsy. They discovered that he had over $2,000 in both Canadian and American currency, um, as well as some gold, a pocket compass, a razor, a knife, a fish hook, nails, a dead squirrel, and a dead bird. Okay, so not two dead squirrels, but a dead squirrel and a dead bird. And a large quantity of Beecham's pills, which are a laxative. 
shots. There was also teeth with gold fillings that were believed to be Johnson's. Uh, like, okay, entire... okay, like, so they weren't in his mouth. He just had them on his person. Maybe they brought it out or something? Like I just got some spare teeth, you know, just in case. <laughs> Uh, well, the most important thing is that there's gold in them teeth. Cause the there's films. gold in them, their teeth. <laughs> We're panning for teeth, boys. <laughs> so during the entire chase, the Mounties had never heard Johnson utter a single word. The only thing they ever heard was Johnson laughing when he shot Constable Millen. <laughs> Got him. To this day, people debate who he was, why he moved to the Arctic, or if he was actually responsible for interfering with the trap lines as, as alleged. Then there comes the whole trying to figure out who the fuck he was. Who is this Yalbert Jansion? <laughs> so, a couple of guys have been proposed to be Albert Johnson. First, there was. First, our- James Howlett. <laughs> if only. Uh, so, first, there's. Arthur Nelson. Arthur came from Dees Lake in British Columbia and moved up to the Yukon in 1927 to the 1931 period. Nelson is also remembered by Cascadena elder Art John Sr. and others who knew him by the alias of Mickey Nelson uh, when he trapped and prospected in West Central Yukon. There's another guy who went by the name of John Johnson who did time in San Quentin and Folsom Prison, and his physical appearance is well documented. North traced John Johnson's identity back to Norway. Johnny Johnson had been born Johan Conrad Jonsson in 1898 in Bardu, northern Norway, uh, north of the Arctic Circle. And John Johnny Johnson sounds like a fake name if I've ever heard one. Yeah. But DNA tests ruled out Johnny Johnson and Arthur Nelson. There was a Johnston family from Pictou, Nova Scotia, who believed that Albert Johnson was actually Owen Albert Johnston. So that's J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. Uh, All these damn really- Johns. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Sigvald Pedersen Haskjold from Norway. Let's see. He was last known as a highly sufficient 32-year-old in 1927, four and a half years before. Uh, before the chase and death of Albert Johnson, uh, Johnson was estimated to be between 35 and 40 years old at the time of his death. Sigvold had become obsessed with the notion that the authorities were still looking for him after evading conscription during the First World War. Sigvold had built a fortress-like cabin on Digby Island off of the north coast of BC before disappearing. So a different author who pointed out Sigvold by the name of Mark Fermerlid. Uh, pointed out circumstantial evidence that it might be Sigvald. Um, but in 2009 was when the DNA... There was a big DNA test that the RCMP did. They were working on a documentary with uh, the Discovery Channel at the time about Albert Johnson. And they did the DNA test and they ruled out basically all these guys I named. Like 100% not these guys. Okay. Yeah, and I did watch that documentary both when it first aired, when I was a a young teenager, and again fairly recently, and there's one point where they're digging up Johnson's grave, and um, they're using like a big backhoe, and the bucket to the backhoe broke because of how frozen the ground was. Should have used the dynamite! (laughs) So anyway, if there is a good reason to use that forensic genealogy, uh, this is one of them. 
Yeah. Because they actually got a really good DNA sample from uh, Johnson's, Johnson's course because he's basically been frozen in ice for the past, like, 80 years. We can revive him like Captain America. <laughs> so what they did find was that Johnson had spent considerable time in what's called the Corn Belt of the U.S. The Corn Belt is basically, like, Ohio and Illinois. Okay. Because there's so much corn being grown there. Yes. Just like how the Bible Belt is named after all the Bible plants there. Um, And he did have uh, some Norwegian ancestry. He was either born in Norway or his parents were from northern Norway. He was also, they found, fairly well taken care of, at least prior to him going up north, because of the dental work that he had. So, gold was used as a common filling, but the particular work that was done on his teeth seems to have been done by a really competent uh, dentist, and it seems to be particularly expensive work that was done for the time. He at least had money for a time before- Wait, okay, hang on, sorry. So his teeth were good? Yeah, his teeth were- Or at least his teeth were good up to a certain date, and then he couldn't take care of them anymore? So did they ever confirm that the teeth he had on his body were his teeth or someone else's I teeth? I think that I think they they were his because he might have had like some missing spots where those teeth should have been. And he just held on to them just in case he could get them back in there. Well, there's gold fillings in them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess the gold's more important than the teeth. Yeah. In case of emergencies, break out your gold reserve. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, I want to turn this into a movie that's going to be better than the one that came out in, like, the 1970s that was utterly awful. Oh, boy. Who was in it? Oh, The Mad Trapper. Highly fictionalized film version from 1972. Nope. I was wrong. Oh, now I'm thinking of the movie. Death Hunt, 1981. Death Hunt. Action film directed by Peter R. Hunt, starring Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin, Angie Dickinson, Carl Weathers, and uh, Murray Chaikin, Ed Lauder, and Andrew Stevens. Ask your grandparents who these people were. Did the director name it after himself? (sighs) I'm Peter R. Hunt, and I'm directing Death Hunt. It's named after me, Peter R. Hunt. The R stands for Death (laughs) <laughs> I can picture the trailer in my head now It's like uh, in, in the frozen north of Canada There's only one truth Death Hunt A madman who could scoffs in the name of the law Death Hunt Like after every thing, single thing the narrator says Or every line in the trailer It just goes Death Hunt Yeah Can we still call it Death Hunt? Why not? That is a pretty cheesily badass name <laughs> we can give it to netflix because i recently heard a thing about how net- a lot of netflix properties a lot of netflix original things have very unimaginative names <laughs> like money heist and tall girl and yeah. <laughs> from the director of tall girl and the writers of money heist comes death hunt <laughs> he needs gold and also a love interest who can handle his height <laughs> And you know what? At least at one point, the Heritage Ministry was willing to shell out some money to Netflix to produce more Canadian content, and this is definitely CanCon. <laughs> but yeah, this Death Hunt was fucking awful. Um, 
highly fictionalized. Uh, all of the RCMP officers were drunk. May was drunk, but she wasn't. As I said, May was actually fucking badass himself. And yeah, just everybody looked bad except for except for Charles Bronson's character. Uh, the film reverses the facts, making Johnson a sympathetic, freedom-loving character and changing the RCMP hero Edgar Millen from the young and popular figure that he was. Like, people who remember Edgar Millen were like, yeah, we liked him. <laughs> he was one of the good cops. What The one of seven, at any time, there can only be seven good cops. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in this movie, it's like, Albert Johnson, he loves dogs. Yeah. Death hunt. Yeah, it, it's, oh, it's so 1981. So anyway, what I would do is, um, it would probably have to be filmed somewhere far safer than the Northwest Territories, but I think we can work around that. Probably do it somewhere around... Saskatchewan. (laughs) I was thinking, like, Jasper. Film everything on location. That's the real death hunt. Yeah. We only have two weeks to film this. Come on, everybody. (laughs) Hop to it. (laughs) Yeah, no, this would have to be filmed somewhere, like, probably Alberta. Maybe. Or British Columbia. Because I'm just like, safety concerns. All, All the safety concerns. And basically, get an almost entirely Canadian cast, with the exception of probably, oh, who would be a good guy? Albert Johnson. Albert Johnson. Albert Johnson. There are pictures of his corpse. Now, you also have to remember when you're looking at post-mortem photos, they tend to not look how the person would have been in life. Yeah. Yeah. I did a Google myself, and he looks like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what this picture is from, because it's like a drawing of it. It says, the Mad Trapper. He's dynamite-proof and blizzard-proof. He's faster than the wind. His secret identity still remains unknown. He is Super Wild Man. <laughs> so dumb. You got the action part, but there's also the mystery part of who the fuck this guy is. And that's where I'm like, hey... Any genealogist listening to this, if you have like some sort of Scandinavian ancestry and a connection to the Corn Belt, uh, maybe start combing your family. See if there's a, a missing uncle. <laughs> hey, did somebody really like gold and teeth? <laughs> hey, whatever happened to like Uncle Albert? Oh, he disappeared, like, in 1930. Whatever happened to good old Uncle John James Jimmy James John Johnston Johnson? (laughs) Hans von Jan Johnston. (laughs) Jan Johnson. This adaptation is fairly simple. It's just, like, a... It's a fugitive movie. That's what I was about to say. It's the fugitive. Yeah. Just, like, way up in northern Canada. I, I've just been meeting, needing to talk about this in a podcast setting. I will force the true crime into it somehow. So the mystery, so the main mystery is who the heck was this guy, but I think the other mystery is why did he just decide to scoff at the, everything? Yeah, nobody fucking knows. Like, what is your deal, Albert? I, listen, I can respect a fuck the police mentality, but this seems to come out of nowhere. I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, did you do time in San Quentin? Or are you just annoyed with everything? Like, 
Were you angry because your bone claws were coming in? <laughs> <laughs> or, or the other idea is that we somehow combine this in with Wolverine lore and do like a, a limited run. Wolverine versus the Mad Trapper. <laughs> Wolverine is the Mad Trapper. Hugh Jackman is Death Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Hugh Jackman would do a movie like this? <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be as action heavy. All he has to do is, what does he do? He hides in a cabin, then he hides in a dish, uh, and then he scales a 7,000 foot mountain <laughs> and laughs when he kills a guy. Yeah. And he doesn't have to look good doing it either. Yeah. He could just be, he could pull a Leonardo DiCaprio and the, in The Revenant. He doesn't even have to do anything, just stick him in a bunch of furs and he can be as bulky or as scrawny as we need him to be. Yeah. <laughs> slap, just, slap the makeup on his cheeks so that they look a little shallow. Yeah. And then he just has to go, eh, 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 got him. That's his only line. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is straight up his only the, line. His only other line would be when he stopped by the RCMP and the guy's like, uh, sir, what's your name? And he just goes, hello, my name is Albert Johnson. <laughs> Neither of us can do Scandinavian accents. Um, I'm from Ida, Finland. <laughs> I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> from Minnesota. <laughs> I'm from Massachusetts, Ugozimus. <laughs> <laughs> And then Constable Millen can be, oh, who's your current favorite from frickin' Degrassi? <laughs> you know, Degrassi that started in the 1930s? <laughs> ah, we need a strapping young lad to play the tragic Constable Millen. Um, Justin Kelly. Okay. I don't know him. He's tall. He was on my Nona Earp in season three. Okay. He licked a potato. Oh, yeah. Put him in the Red Surge and you'll have all the girls and a lot of the guys swoon. Yes. Then Wilfred May. What, what would his age be around the time? Uh... Oh, he's a cutie. Yeah. He was born in 1896. Uh, okay, so the only reason I'm bringing this up is because he's playing a pilot in a different movie soon, uh, Darren Chris. I know he's not Canadian, but he looks good in a pilot's uniform. Okay. Yeah, I see it. And again, he's gonna be, like, mostly bundled up the entire time. Sorry, I'm on the page for Death Hunt again. Oh, sorry, ah. let, let me, let me, let me give that another go. I'm on the page for Death Hunt again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to go, Death Hunt! <laughs> Once they discover that Johnson has brought 700 rounds of ammunition from the local trading post and paid in $100 bills, many conclude that he is the Mad Trapper, a possibly mythical, psychopathic serial killer who supposedly murders other trappers in the wilderness and takes their gold teeth. <laughs> so he's a legacy character now. <laughs> All the more to have Hugh Jackman play him. <laughs> Oh, God, the logic behind most of that movie. Because, like, even in the 1930s, I don't think the Hudson's Bay Company would be shilling out that much ammunition to anybody. And they'd also be going, like, who pays in fucking $100 bills? This is the 1930s. <laughs> you were lucky to see a $20 bill. Captain Tank Hucker, 
a, a Royal Canadian Air Force pilot is sent by the government to join the hunt, which is causing a national embarrassment. He reveals that Johnson was a member of the United States Army and Special Intelligence Unit during World War I. It's the fucking 80s. Also, there's a guy who's secretly the real Mad Trapper. Um, Tucker just opens fire with his aircraft machine gun while they're tracking the Albert and kills the main character. And so then he gets shot down by the other RCMP. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. <laughs> the historian and true crime fan in me is going like, the fuck? The fuck? It was a perfectly fine, ridiculous story on its own. <laughs> in fact, I prefer my... Like, I do want this mystery to be solved as to, like, who he was so that we could figure out what the fuck his deal was. I don't know. Death Hunt. Seems like it's pretty legitimate. <laughs> as, like, a purely 1980s action movie? Yeah, I guess. And I do like the name for her movie, if we keep it Death Hunt. So, uh, how do you plan on feeding yourself up there if you ain't got a trapping lesson, son? I don't trap. I hunt. And the only thing I'm hunting is death. <laughs> and then the synthesizer plays. <laughs> oh, I know it. I know that this is set in the 1930s, but like a real synth wavy, like a dark synth wavy soundtrack would be appropriate. Death hunt. This winter, the only thing he's hunting is death. <laughs> <laughs> you can see like the electric guitar sting as you do the the tracking shot from the freaking drone over Mount Richardson. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that. You got to do the, like those primo establishing shots. Hell, I wonder if we could like film this in a national park so that we could get like actual caribou. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have to shoot the whole thing. Just get some nice background. Yeah. Or animatronic caribou. <laughs> no, that's a bit much. We can go CGI. Ack, ack, ack. Aww. <laughs> My god, the corrupt RCMP have turned the caribou into cyborgs. <laughs> oh boy. Albert Johnson is back, and this time he means business. In Death Hunt 2, Cyberfrost. <laughs> Canadian Rambo. <laughs> this is our first blood. Starring Bruce Willis as Wilfred May. Um, gosh, who are other 80s action stars? Oh, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Alfred jo Albert Johnson. Alfred <laughs> Albert Johnson. That's his secret true name. <laughs> at least this isn't like a a dumb true crime story this is like a what the fuck just happened true crime story honestly at this point i think his motivation was to go down in flames and become some sort of pulp icon yeah <laughs> i could see kids in the 60s like picking up the mad trapper monthly serialized where it's like every issue the mad trapper shows up to like some unsuspecting campers then he tells them a scary story about the canadian wilderness and then at the end he kills them and takes their teeth <laughs> yeah i could see this in one of the 
uh, one of the horror comics, or like even just becoming a superhero. Um, Super Wild either... Man. Yeah, he's basically Wild Man. He's bulletproof and blizzard proof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I could totally see him if there was ever like a crossover between DC and Marvel. Him, Wolverine, Jonah Hex all hanging out. <laughs> Listen, if if I somehow land on like the writer set of Legends of Tomorrow, they're gonna encounter the Mad Trapper. Yes. Oh man. We gotta turn him into a superhero. Or supervillain. Yeah, a supervillain. Or just a super bastard. <laughs> he is chaotic neutral. Yeah. <laughs> I only care about two things. Teeth and dogs. Death Hunt. <laughs> that's his name. That's, that's his name from now on. It's just Death Hunt. <laughs> or at least that's the name that Rob Liefeld would have given him. Death Hunt is the name of the comic, but his superhero name is Super Wild Man. Nah, but there's a certain ring that the Mad Trapper has. That That's his evil alternate universe self. <laughs> now, who would pick this up? Uh, I feel like this is like a dark horse at this point. Oh, okay. Or maybe, actually, no, you know who it would be? It'd be Dynamite. Because they're the ones oh. who are doing like Green Hornet and all those kinds of things right now. Okay, so more of the pulpy stuff? Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna have to check them out. After years of living on the edge of society, I finally got myself a trapping license. But sir, your license is out of date. What do you mean? It's for 1932. But sir, the year is 2019. Oh my gosh! Death Hunt 3! Future Imperfect! <laughs> Those cyborg caribou have sent me to the future! Who knows what kind of dystopia Canada has become and the tyrannical reign of their hooves. <laughs> you know, one of these days they're gonna they're gonna do something weird with the caribou, so Starring Eliza Dushku as Elizabeth May. <laughs> <laughs> and really I don't know how to top that madness, so do you think we should go to our friendship promo? Yeah! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay, okay. Is, is, hello? Is this thing hello? on? Hello? 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 Hey, hey, hi, what's up? This is this is Ben Bath and I don't know anymore. I need out of this fucking podcast, okay? We got, we, got, we, we, we talked about Bionicle for a very long time and we tried mm -hmm. to stop, but then some evil force trapped us in hell and is forcing us to talk about things that start with the letter B until we die. We did Beyblade and now we're on Batman and it's just gonna keep getting I'm fucking I am I'm afraid of what happens next. I haven't seen my wife in several days. Please help us. Please help please us. us. Oh God, please Joe. Help us. Joe, do you hear that? Oh God. Go to theorangegirls.com and help us. Please, God, please. No, 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 God. They thought that they stopped Albert Johnson, but they didn't know that they hadn't stopped his daughter. Ruby Rose is Mad Trapper Jr. in Death Hunt, The Next Generation. <laughs> so we are turning this into, like, the Canadian Rambo series. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
Death Hunt, first teeth. <laughs> Mad Trapper versus Rambo. <laughs> hey, Lindsay. Where are you? <laughs> On Twitter, I'm at LindsayM476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. And you can also find this very podcast at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I reboot you first, and that's pronounced Death Hunt 5. Birth by sleep. I don't know, I ran out of ideas. <laughs> and you can get to this very podcast on Instagram at not if i reboot you first that's all one word and the hashtag that we follow is n-i-i-r-y-f and that's pronounced death hunt live free die again <laughs> i thought you were just gonna say live free death hunt <laughs> death hunt versus body hunt mad trapper versus predator <laughs> mad trapper versus mad max <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just Tom Hardy making muffled screaming noises. <laughs> you can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or your favorite Death Hunt movie. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. If you'd like to support us directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash notifyrebootyoufirst, where you can get a bevy of- Okay, I have to stop doing this voice. <laughs> where you can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all of our patrons, including Charlie and Cassidy. Thanks, Charlie and Cassidy! You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachoo, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. I'm going to go write the first episode of a Death Hunt audio drama. <laughs> Sell it to the CBC. <laughs> no, this is ours. Yeah. He's public domain, baby. Woo! Oh yeah, he died before copyright. Woo! Also, you can't really copyright humans. Yeah. But hey, you, you also can't copyright a story that was uh, made before 1930 or 1930, whatever. Yeah, I think that's how it be. Yeah. The point being, like, if you say if you make a movie about a person who's still around, that's not copyright infringement. It's just libel, or is it slander? Yeah. Which one is spoken? I think slander is spoken. If I remember Spider-Man correctly, slander is spoken. Yeah. So anyway, next week we're having a guest on, Woo. and we have a hint from that guest, which is, yes, we can take dogs to the moon. Okay. I, I don't I don't know. I don't think Clifford ever went to the moon, so I'm out of ideas. But yeah, I guess next week we're taking a trip to the moon, but not if I reboot you first. Bye.
ah, yes, because everyone knows that October is all about being spooky, and November is all about your brother doing weird dances in the background. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. <laughs> 